Femininity is powerful in all its forms, exceptional women. Rare girls must be appreciated in every way for their perspectives, actions, thoughts, and their unique ways of being. Such rare girls are inspiring. And this is what this podcast is all about. Hello, my name is Aziz and my guest today is Diana Oltianu. Diana is a Flex Alumni Coordinator of Romania and a third-year medical student at Carol Davila University of Medicine and Pharmacy in Bucharest, Romania. During her Flex Exchange Year, which is a scholarship funded by the Department of State USA, she graduated from high school in Missouri. In her free time from school and work, she volunteers at different events and at the Medical Student Society. Diana enjoys trying new things, especially foods, traveling, reading, or doing sports, and she always finds herself excited for new opportunities and meeting new people. Diana, how are you today? Hello, Aziz. I am very excited today because I get to be part of this really interesting podcast. So thank you for having me as a guest. You're welcome. I'm happy, honored, privileged, and I notice a British accent, although you're a flex person who studied in the US. Is that because you had like some fascination with Harry Potter and the Queen and the princesses? or it's just unintentional <laughs> yeah uh, i think it's a bit related to harry potter but it's more because uh we study the british english in school at my high school in romania so i think i got a bit of an accent from there and also the harry potter movies you're very much right about that <laughs> thank you but right now you sounded pure american so i guess yeah i just i just switch between the two of them because when i was in the states people would tell me that i'm british and then i got the missouri accent which is like a southern accent where we used a lot of yowls and how you doing so <laughs> now it's just a mix between you know, Southern American and British. <laughs> well, that's really good. You know, it makes you cosmopolitan. And I'm wondering really about you because you love meeting new people. You probably have a lot of friends and acquaintances. If I were to ask all those people about you, who they feel you are, your personality, what would they say? I think most of my friends would describe me as spontaneous. I do not really make a lot of plans. I just go with a flow most of the time that I have, really. So I think that would be the first thing they would tell you about me. Uh, and also that I am very extroverted. So, you know, there's that saying with extroverts adopting introverts. That's how I make friends. I always speak the person who speaks you know, least in a room and I go up to them and I'm like, hey, do you want to be friends? And I feel like I always find out the most interesting things from people who are not that extroverted at first. So a lot more shy people. And I think another thing they would say about me is that I'm busy all of the time. <laughs> I'm always doing something. I'm always on the go. I always have something to do or somewhere to be. So I think that would be another thing that they would mention about me, probably. I love that. I have so many questions. I'll begin with the first one. 
as a spontaneous person who is also a medical and pharmacy student, well, sometimes all those books and memorization and studies is somehow of a killjoy. So how do you keep yourself motivated when you're studying if your soul is yearning for excitement and new adventures? I think the most important thing with this is the fact that I actually enjoy what I'm doing. So I enjoy studying medicine a lot. I think that's a big part of keeping myself excited. But of course, even though I love what I'm studying and I love the field that I'm in, uh, it sometimes gets very tiring and there's a lot of information that you need to grasp. So sometimes I just really take breaks. I'm just like, okay, I'm not feeling this right now. And I feel that I get out of focus and I cannot understand what I'm reading or doing anymore. So I'm just like, yeah, let's take a break. And I go for a random walk or just uh, play some music in my room and dance for 10 minutes or something just to get me out of that studying mood for at least 15 minutes. And then I'm ready to go again. So that's pretty much what I do. I love that. And maybe you even answered this because I'm curious about this. You said you're someone who's always busy. How do you not burn out or deal with the possibility of burnout? Because even if we do what we love, if we're constantly on the go, 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 sometimes some people might like go into a burnout phase. Have you experienced it? What's your solution or secret to dealing with it? I have experienced burnout indeed. Um... But what I'm doing at the moment is I'm calling myself busy when I have self-care time as well. So let's say I have a day where I need to have meetings at work, but I also need to study for a few hours. And then I want to do some content for social media because I also have a bookstagram account. And there's just everything that I need to get done. And I sometimes plan my days, but I only plan my day in the beginning of that day. So I never really plan ahead of time. I wake up in the morning, I check what my mood is, and then I just put on a list what I want to do that day. So I would put in there, for example, like 30 minutes of reading. So for that period of time, I would count myself as busy. So if someone texts me and is like, hey, do you want to do this or... Can you help me with that? I would just tell them that I have something to do at the moment, even though it's not actual work. It's just my time that I give myself where I kind of just allow my body and my mind to recover from the stress of it all. But uh, I did have periods in my life where I would be burned out. And those were mostly in my first year of med school because everything was so overwhelming. And pretty much what I did was I spent some time looking back at what I did wrong. And what I did wrong was that I would not get out of the house. So I would spend all my time studying or inside the house, literally, not always just studying, but just not going out because I thought I would feel guilty for going out instead of doing what I thought I had to do. So I just spent some time to look back at what I did, how that made me feel. And I slowly adapted. Second year of med school went a bit better. So I did not burn out that much. 
But then I had another <laughs> period of like two months when I got my job that I felt burned out because it was something new that I needed to add into my schedule. So it was something new that I needed to adapt to and see how it works and how I can really give myself some time for myself. I love that. And I have literally at least 10 questions about you, but I'll ask just one. You said if someone texts you and you already scheduled another activity, you'll tell them you're busy. A lot of people feel they're like pleasers to other people. They cannot tell them no. They feel it's wrong or offensive to set boundaries. So what motivates you or gave you this understanding, possibility and ability to actually set boundaries? I think uh, the biggest thing with this for me is that I am actually the biggest uh, people pleaser in the world, <laughs> or at least I consider myself to be. So I've had uh, problems with that ever since I was very, very young. I would always say yes to everything everyone was asking me to do because I wanted them to feel good about me, to like me. Uh, but then as I grew up and I started to become more mature and kind of just realize what kind of people I need in my life and that I want in my life, I realized that I wouldn't want someone who would be mad at me because I'm not available the moment that they are available. So what I mean is that I need... Um, to have people who understand when I'm busy because I am also able to understand when other people are busy. So just because they have some time then for me, it doesn't mean that I have to cancel everything that I'm doing and give them that time when they have it. If I wait for them to be available, they can also wait for me to be available too do stuff with them. And I think this is really what makes all my current friendships so strong is this, you know, common understanding between us that, hey, I have these things that I want to do. I love you. You're my friend. I enjoy spending time with you, but I really can't at this point. And they understand that. I understand that. So as long as we share this understanding, uh, my connection to them is as strong as ever. So even if we don't meet for two months, when we meet, it's the same thing. We are just as good of friends. We are just as excited about it, each other as we were before. I love how you think it's very both practical and it respects your own self-esteem and your own value as a person. And it seems to me that people are so important in your life so I'll ask you this, as someone who is super extroverted, are you also an empath? Are you able to feel people's energy or something like that? Yes, I am actually very capable of uh, noticing any small shifts or changes in people's moods. Um, I always say about myself that I'm an extrovert, although in reality, I'm an ambivert. So I have my moments when I need some time off from people. But um, I think what people get confused a bit is uh, this thing between the relationship between being an extrovert and paying attention. I don't feel that 
because I'm extroverted and I love speaking and I love interacting with people that I'm not paying attention to them. It's very funny because I can sit at a table with 20 people. I can be the one doing most of the talking. I will know what every single person at the table has as a reaction to what I'm saying or what other people are saying. I know if they don't like their food. I know that the person in the corner laughed at my joke. And I know I noticed that the one at the other side of the table didn't really feel comfortable with the conversation. I notice every single small change that happens to people whenever I'm in a social interaction. And I really like that about myself because I feel like I can have a good time and not feel, I don't know, cornered or, you know, left aside maybe, but I can also make sure that other people are also included in in the conversation. I also know if a person does not want to speak on that subject, I know when to stop approaching a person with a question or when to go ahead and do it. I like that. That's a great superpower. And when people are impasse, when you were a little girl, did you have this challenge that when people around you or even in the street are angry for whatever reason or in a bad mood, you didn't know it was independent from you that you thought, oh my God, did I do something? Did I make them angry? Why can't I fix it? And that can be a challenge. Did you have it? Yes, I did, actually, Uh, especially with my uh, close ones or loved ones. I would feel like I am responsible for their moods. Uh, A lot of the times I still do now. It's something that I'm working on learning constantly because it is indeed something that I struggled with and also with walking down the street, not just, you know, people being upset about something like mad, but also just being sad or, you know, seeing a person crying. I would always have that feeling that I need to go up to them and help them or that if I don't do that, then maybe I'm not doing enough. But I think um, most of the times when I did have that feeling of guilt For someone's feelings, it was, you know, as I said, with family or just really close friends where I would be like, hey, did I do something wrong? And I've come to terms with the idea that it's not wrong to ask them if you did something wrong, just to make sure to double check because maybe some people have a harder time to let you know when you've done something wrong. So it's fine to go up to them and ask, hey, are you upset? Do you think it is something that maybe I did? But The most important change uh, a person who struggles with this uh, that should should do different is accept when the other person tells them it's not their fault. So if I go up to a friend and be like, hey, you're upset today. Uh, Did I do something? And they say, no, you know, I'm just tired or I've just had some problems at home. I should just stop there and not assume that they're lying to me to make me feel better or hide something from me just let them feel the way they're feeling maybe they really are just tired or maybe they really just did have a bad day it's not our um responsibility for the way people feel all of the time if they do not let you know that you did something wrong to them then you did something 
you you did not do something wrong to them. If you would have, they would have let you know. That's how I try to think about things most of the time. But, you know, I'm human. I cannot always think like that. I sometimes still feel guilty for, you know, the way people are feeling, although it's not something that I should be feel should be feeling guilty about. But yeah, it's constant work and it's something that you just have to teach yourself every single day. That is really a wise perspective and wise advice. And now I'm curious, why did you choose the medical field? Because literally you'll be surrounded by people in pain all day long. And often you might pick up at that, you know, that energy in your body. Do you do something to clear it out? Do you plan every day after you know, helping people to take a bath and disconnect or meditate or how would you deal with that? Because literally and subconsciously, you'll be around people in pain and that will reflect into your psyche and your body. Yes, um, I have chosen the medical field uh, when I was really young. I've always been in love with sciences. But I have always um, been really connected to people as well, ever since I was very young. So in school, I learned that I love science. And ever since I've been born, I learned that I love people. So then I, you know, just was being kids trying to figure out our lives at a very young age. I realized that medicine is just this really nice mix of science and humans that's how i chose medicine but um i really did have to consider the emotional part of it because as i said earlier i am the kind of person who feels like they should help everyone and should do something for every single person who's in pain and really what medicine teaches you uh, among many other things is that sometimes there's really so much that you can do that there's a limit to what a human can do can do for another human and it's very hard to accept it is not something that i've come to accept yet it is not something that i am used to because i'm i'm just in third year now and uh, i worked with people just during summer medical practice really so I feel like maybe when I'm going to start interacting with people more, I will have to find uh, new, better ways to deal with uh, that emotional baggage that comes with the work that we do. But um, something that I have been doing, because it's not only, you know, uh, with having people in physical pain around you, uh, a lot of time that affects you, I've also had friends who were in a lot of emotional pain and uh, it kind of got to me as well. Something that I do is um, journal. I love journaling and I do this kind of chaotic journaling where you brain dump. So you throw on a piece of paper all of the thoughts that you have, even though they may not make sense, you just put words on a piece of paper. And that kind of helps you to get everything out, but not have to say it to someone or uh, make phrases or make it make sense. It's just like your feelings and your thoughts on a piece of paper. And once you write them down, they're out 
and you don't carry them with you anymore. That is something that helps me so much when I feel like I get stuck with a whole of uh, emotional baggage. And that and also sports. I feel like because I mentioned that I enjoy doing sports, especially hiking and running. It is something that just clears my mind so quickly. I just need to get out for 30 minutes and everything starts puzzling back up. It's very funny. I don't know. I mean, I know how it works like medically, it's hormones, but it just amazes me every single time that I can f be feeling so bad, go out for a run for 30 minutes and then be back in and a different person. Thank you. And yes, I noticed that the chaotic journaling helped you be much more introspective. And as an ambivert, you had this introverted tendency. And you said, since you were born, you knew that you love people. What do you love the most about people? What's the most fascinating thing? Is it their stories, their uniqueness, their psychology, and you like reflecting on different psychological theorems when you're speaking with them? Is that united they can change the world? Is it the lessons you learn or the exchange of energy? Or what about people causes you to love them so much? I think it's pretty much everything that you said, <laughs> to be quite honest. Um, but I think that I'm a very intuitive person, so I don't really do that uh, psychoanalysing people thing, uh, at least not consciously. So um, let's say that is kind of out of my answer. But uh, I do love people's uniqueness. Uh, I also uh, do love the way people change. So let's say I had a friend in high school. I didn't meet up with them for three years. We meet up and they're so different. They're a different person with different passions, with different things that they do. They maybe rediscovered themselves fully and completely, but their energy up kind of just most of the time is the same, which is very fascinating to me. As I said, I'm very intuitive. So I, you know, most of the times interact with people in the way that I feel. It's not something that I necessarily think about. It's just what vibe that person gives me. That's the way um, I return the vibe. So a thing that I really love about people is how much they can change what they're doing, what they're thinking, but how their soul kind of stays the same and aches for the same things. And yeah, and I've always loved communicating with people, really just listening to them, listening to what they have to say, uh, learning things from them is such an amazing thing, even if they don't realize they're actually teaching you something or you don't realize you're learning something from them because you know when you just speak to people it's not like a lesson in school they write up on the whiteboard hey I do things like this and this and this and you have to do them like that as well it's just this exchange of words and emotions that teaches you something about the other person and about yourself I feel like I always find a bit of myself in every person and I feel like I have a bit of every person that I've ever spoken to 
in myself as well. So it's that energy exchange kind of that gives me so much power and, or I mean, makes me feel so much powerful uh, and uh, just connected overall with people. I think that's what I love most, that energy exchange. Thank you. And you mentioned, because you're speaking like a very spiritual person, but you said you love hard sciences, you are good at it, you have the mind for it. So can you speak a little bit about your spiritual side? How do you view the world? Do you view the world as a flow of energies or as manifesting destinies or people as a reflection of the divine that you look into or that everything is predetermined or nothing is and it's chaos like your journal and we're just making sense of it? Or how do you view it? Oh, I love this question so much. I have a very complex view of that. Um, I am a Christian, so I believe in a God, but I do believe that God is energy. So it's not like a physical thing. I feel like truly it's just energy that flows into everything. I believe uh, people are pieces of God and that nature is a piece of God. I just call this energy God. I think a lot of people believe in this energy. They just don't give it a name, which is fine. It's okay. You don't have to. But I am a very spiritual person. And you also talked about destinies and the way life works. Well, the way I see it and the way uh, I think it happens, of course, nobody can know for sure. It is just like branches of a tree. So let's say you are born on June 30th, 2000, which is my birthday. And I have, you know, this road that I walk on that is created for me. It's something that I need to follow. I cannot go on the left or on the right or whatever. And then I get to a point in my life when I can make a choice. So it is something that I choose. I choose to go right. And then that road on the right is already paved. It already goes to the next point. I cannot change it anymore. It, that is my destiny. But I have crossroads in my life where I can make a choice. I can either go left or right or forward or, uh, I don't know, take a turn or anything like that. But the road that I'm taking after I make that choice is paved for me until the next crossroad. That's how I think uh, things work. We have some choices in life that we make. We are given those choices many times during our lives. But overall, after we make that choice, for some time, there is something for us that we cannot change that is going to happen. I think that explains coincidences or things that you cannot control. But at one point in your life, you did make a choice that led you to the next thing. So yeah, I think you always have the... Um, power to change your life, the road you are on. But after you make those choices, it's just staying the same for a while. And then you can choose again. I like that very much like those games that are adventure games or something like that, but much more complex and 
all-encompassing. Thank you, Diana. This was my privilege, my honor, such a truly enriching conversation, and I'm really happy you participated. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you again. I was so excited about it, and I really loved our interaction. So thank you again.